This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson, joined by my other co-host, the, the best in the business, Mike Hernishan. Mike, what's up, man? Uh, I got hit man? with that intro for once, baby! What's going I'm on? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, this is a bit of an inside joke that, that Devin and I have going on right now. If you hear Devin introing a podcast, it can only mean one thing, and that's that it's scouting notebook time. Because Devin, as you're listening to this on Monday, has still not started 2023 scouting. Sir, it is June 6th. What is taking so long, man? The draft was six weeks ago. Listen, um, it's, it's been crazy. Honestly, I mean, I've been following uh, some of the other sporting events um, like NBA Finals, obviously, NBA Playoffs. How was that Um, game last night? Can you believe that that team won? (laughs) I forgot we're doing the uh, the old uh, predict uh, the the unexpected to happen. So, yeah, the. If the Celtics win this game, it'll be completely unedited. And yes, go Celtics. Or the Warriors won this game. Go Warriors. Go winning team. Go winning team. Absolutely. No, that's appropriate. Thank you, Devin, for coming back on this week's show because you saved me uh, the pain of doing back-to-back one-man shows, which are one, awkward, and two, I suck at them. So there's that as well. Um but Devin is going to basically drive the bus today. I'm going to just talk about some players I watched. Uh, I got two or three more scouting reports ready for, for blue chip scouting. Uh, and then I did some non-positional uh, scouting as well. No one just wants to listen to me talking about hog mollies. We want to hear about some other players. So Devin, I'm leading. Uh, I'm going right over to you. So who do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's see here. Uh, you, you keep in mind the players that I watched actually aren't up on blue chip scouting as of yet. So, but I gave you a list before. For sure, uh, we'll we'll start with uh, the Michigan guy Ryan Hayes. Uh, okay. Don't don't know know much about him. So, first, tell me a little bit about what you uh, what you know about him and, and the research you've done and, and what you saw in film from him. For sure. So Ryan Hayes is uh, right now Michigan's most experienced offensive line uh, lineman. I know that they've got the Virginia offensive uh, interior offensive guy coming in. I am not going to attempt that name, and I am not going to. I can't wait for you to eventually attempt that name, uh, the center. Uh, but no, he he's their uh, most experienced guy. Is looked to as a leader on the offensive line. Uh, good frame, 6'7", 307, good athlete. He's able to unlock his hips, move pretty well as a, uh, you know, on pull blocks or on screen plays. The issue I have with Ryan Hayes is basically everything else. And I know that that sounds really, really, um, it, it sounds a bit depressing and a bit, a bit hater-esque, but 
Uh, reading through my notes here, you know, he's got a good kick slide and generates plenty of leg drive out of his stance. He's able to angle defenders past the QB. Mirrors well, however, he's prone to bending at the waist and chasing when the matchup, when his matchup beats him off the snap. And if he's a step slow, which he can be a step slow, you know, quite often. Um, what was the game where that happened a lot? It was the Ohio State game. They they had him off the snap every single snap, and he's just he's chasing every snap, and it's that's never a good start. Uh, in terms of balance, it's average. I I don't expect a lot when you're six foot seven, but you know, it's really not that hard to to avoid having your your uh, your your face over your toes, and he he ends up overextending, he ends up reaching. Uh, there was a play against Michigan State where on a down block I don't understand how he ended up on his face but he ended up just on his face he didn't get touched by anyone nothing happened he just kind of fell over on it like completely on an, like no one in uh, you know touched him manages to fall uh, so needs to work on his balance uh, sorry it was it was Iowa not not Michigan State uh, hand placement, it is very inconsistent. Uh, you can tell on film he's overthinking when to actually go for his initial punch. And when you watch him, and I know that this is a terrible thing I'm about to do because we're an audio podcast, not a video podcast. Ah, changing soon, by the way. But, Devin, you you can see me. He's, he's out of his snap, and you can see him kind of hesitating with his punch. And then he goes and he's already missed that. So ends up off balance out of his, you know, out of sorts, misses the defender. It happens a lot. And then when he gets a hold of players, he doesn't have the strongest grip. So he can be knocked free with a rip move, a swim move, being bumped by his own teammate. Any if he's contacted in any way while he's got his grips in, he just lets go. Uh, which is not good. That's going to get a quarterback hurt at the next level because you're going to get bumped into when you're, when you're engaged. That's kind of the nature of the position. Again, good locker room you know, leader, good leader along the offensive line, able to, to diagnose pre-snap adjustments, not a finisher in the run game, struggles with anchored you know, naturally due to size, doesn't play with a wide enough base to sink his hips and maintain leverage. Smaller defenders are able to get under him and drive him back. Uh, Jacob Panashuk from Michigan State did that quite a bit because Panashuk, six foot three, got under him, extends the arm up in around the chest plate, drives Hayes back, not much resistance. Uh, only started at left tackle over his two years as a starter, but before becoming a starter, appeared in 10 games, lined up all across the offensive line. But again, good athlete, good footwork, and his feet don't cross. Solid technician in both run and pass sets. He's just not strong enough to be a starter off the bat. Could go to, um, uh, could develop into a good starter uh, if he goes to a the right team with a offensive-minded and blocking-centric uh, development uh, plan for him. 23 won't be the youngest prospect, but he's got untapped potential worth investing in. I gave him a late day two, early day three grade. For sure. Uh, now kind of moving from, from him to probably uh, one of the, the top offensive linemen uh, in this summer heading into next season, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Obviously, people have talked about him uh, since during the season last year as a, you know, potential 2023 guy. A lot of people think he's going to be the next 
potential first round tackle uh, taken after Rashawn Slater was a couple seasons ago. Um, what, what did you see when you watched Skaronsky's film and uh, do you see him as a potential first rounder at this point? For sure. Uh, so getting right into it uh, in terms of pass protection, quick out of a snap covers ground very well due to, due to powerful leg drive. Um, one thing that drove me absolutely nuts when watching Skaronsky is when he's not directly engaged with with a defender he's backpedaling like he's playing defense in an nba game and it made no sense like he's he's fully stood up and he's like shuffling backwards like you know you've just scored a basket in basketball and you're kind of like doing that that lazy hop back pedal you know to get back on defense he's doing that which stop that stop that right now I don't know who I have. Do I have to speak to like Congress about that? Do I have to speak to his offensive line coach, Pat Fitzgerald? Someone needs to tell him to stop doing that. Um, good, at, good balance, like above average. Uh, doesn't overextend too much, but on reach blocks and down blocks, he's he's overextending. He gets off kilter, loses his footing, can end up in the dirt. Uh, strong initial punch placements inconsistent at times. He's actually grabbing more towards the side up and around the shoulder pads, like the shoulder, uh, shoulder plate instead of, you know, high and tight and in on the chest plate. Uh, so that's going to be a holding call at the next level. If he's not careful about that, uh, good knowledge of blocking angles, both in run and pass games, uh, can be prone to make, uh, to, can be prone to mistakes when there are uh, overload defensive alignments, you know, when there's say a blitzing uh, linebacker lined up to his left and he's got a, uh, a defensive tackle. I'm sorry, defensive uh, defensive end lineup, you know, face to face with him. He can be prone to blocking the wrong guy and just allowing a free rusher rather than like chip. And then, you know, go get his matchup. He just overcommits to one. And at times he's actually letting the guy, lined up directly face to face with him free because he's going for the outside player, uh, which that works fine. If he's left the, the, you know, if he's on playing left tackle, the linebackers lined up to his left. And then there's a defensive end on his, on his nose. That's fine. If you're going right, if you're going, if, if the play is going right, if the play is going behind you, then blocking, the leaving the guy that is lined up on your nose unblocked just results in a, in a tackle for loss. It's simple things like that that can be worked on. Has power, but he's not much of a finisher. Lack of core strength in his lower half. He's very skinny uh, below the waist. Uh, anchor could stand to get wider. Plays with a very narrow base. Uh, can't really flip his hips going forward and run block reps, but he's stout at the point of attack. He will just hold, you know, He'll stymie you. He won't. I was going to say he, he, he'll hold you, but he'll stymie you. You're not going to get by him, but he's not going to like drive you 10 yards down the field and, and just bury you. Uh, good lower body flexibility. So again, he might be a little skinnier, uh, you know, in, in the legs, but he, it works well for him because he's able to, to flip and move. Uh, played left tackle from his first game. I think at 6'4", 295, he's probably going to be moved into guard. Uh, you know, there are already questions about short arms. Um, again, wouldn't classify his movement skills as, as elite, but he's a better athlete than you might expect used, uh, on pulls, uh, lends himself to a potential position move at the next level. Aside from his weird backpedaling tendency, 
Uh, his footwork is solid. Feet stay moving after contact, which is a big problem in this year's class is a lot of offensive linemen just stop the moment they engage. Um, and when moving laterally, his feet don't cross. Well-rounded offensive tackle. Length concerns may move him inside. Uh, you know, good 2022 season can firmly put him in the first round and potentially contention to be the first offensive lineman taken in the class. That being said, Devin, he scored a 79.16, which is an early day two. So he just missed out on being a first round player by 0.85 or 0.84. Yeah, obviously there's been a lot of hype around his name. So uh, that backpedaling thing drove me nuts. Yeah, there's some every year I feel like there's always couple offensive linemen with, you know, weird or, or questionable technique. So uh, it was interesting to, to kind of hear that take and uh, hear, you know, something that you commonly see with, with Skaronsky. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that when, uh, when they're evaluating him or, or tweeting about him uh, during summer scouting. So it was pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you talk a lot about offensive linemen and, and, you know, kind of what they what they're able to do and, Scouting them, uh, but but that wasn't the only position that, that you've watched recently. Obviously, you've, you've taken a look at some other positions and uh, one player in particular, uh, Jeremy Banks from Tennessee, the linebacker. I saw you were watching him a couple of days ago. What did you see from him, uh, you know, during, during your brief watch or, or were you able to, to kind of do a full evaluation on him? Um, I was just kind of watching him just, again, clear my mind a little bit from from just all of the offensive linemen I've been watching, but this is a fun sleeper. I think our guy Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network classified him as such. Uh, There's a homegrown kid from the state of Tennessee. Uh, last year, he ended up uh, nine tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, which is third on the team. Um, twelve. Uh, actually, I watched the uh, the Vanderbilt game, which was a really good one for me. He had twelve tackles. He had uh, seven. Uh, tackles against South Alabama, which was a good game. 15 against Georgia with a QB hurry. So this is kind of that that hybrid linebacker where you can kind of do a little bit of everything with him. You can drop him in coverage. He's fine. He had a pass breakup against Vanderbilt, which was pretty nice. Uh, he's pretty stout against the run, uh, and he's, he's willing to drop back in coverage as well. Again, good size, kind of from the prototypical modern-day linebacker at 6'1", 224. Maybe bulks up to about 230, 235 at the next level. Uh, I don't really see anything with his game that makes him like, oh, my God, can't miss, need to take him in, like, round two. But this is a guy that I think, when you talk about the versatility, what he can bring in terms of, you know, rush the passer one play, uh, drop into coverage the next, um, and then stop the run on, on the next play. This is a lot of what we saw and what I liked with Terrell Bernard last year, Devin. I had Terrell Bernard in the second round. He went in the third. I think you might be getting a lot of the same with, with, with Jeremy Banks this year. Um, so when you're watching Tennessee, uh, look out for number 33, Jeremy Banks, the linebacker. I don't know, Devin. I think that this might be that kind of round two, round three Yo, linebacker that a team drafts for a specific need, a specific role that they need, kind of like how Buffalo looked at Terrell Bernard this year. Yeah, it's crazy that Tennessee, uh, you know, is uh, getting another linebacker here that, that could be draft eligible. I mean, 
Uh, it's crazy. I, I don't know if they were both on the roster at the same time, but they also had Henry Toa 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 uh, that that played with with Tennessee, obviously. I think so because he's cl- he's he's a red shirt senior this year, so he would be. I think he, yeah, he stepped up this past year in Toa Toa's place. Yeah, it's he was a he was crazy. a rotational guy before that. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it makes sense, but you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because you know, obviously, Toa Toa now with Alabama and another draft eligible linebacker in this class. Um, who who else have you uh, you know taken a look at you know non offensive lineman wise that that has kind of intrigued you over the last uh, week or so or a couple of weeks? Obviously, I know you've been busy with your new job and uh, you know, kind of adjusting with that, but. But any other players that have, uh, you know, kind of caught your interest or, or that you, you've gotten to watch that uh, you think will be worth talking about? I watched a tandem at uh, South Carolina. You know, I love to watch uh, some South Carolina defense. I don't know what it is. I'm always enthralled by their defensive players, be it J.C. Horn, Israel Mukwamu, um, you know, Javon Kinlaw in years past. This year they have a corner and a defensive tackle. And corner is Cam Smith, defensive tackle Zach Pickens. Pickens is, I mean, he's he's a solid, you know, kind of uh, jack of all trades, master of none type player. I know our guy uh, Nick Price has his scouting report up on bluechipscouting.com. And I came up with a lot of the same uh, takeaways as Nick. Like this is kind of your round two, maybe early round three type defensive tackle. Uh, just pulling up Nick's scouting report because uh, obviously he's the go-to on it. But uh, Zach Pickens. Uh, you can win it in spite of underdeveloped pass rush plan. So again, very raw needs to build up, um, you know, the more fundamental aspects mentally uh, displays benchmark functional strength at the point of attack that allows him to shed blocks and wrap up ball carriers lacks a little explosiveness and hand usage, but can improve upon his hand usage projects as a developmental one gapping defensive tackle. Nick gave him a day two grade. Uh, again, you're talking length flexibility, uh, good gap penetration, good gap discipline. I think that this is someone that you could probably get in that, like, again, late day, late round two, early round three. I don't think he's he's going to fall out of the second day. As for Cam Smith, oh, boy, I love me some Cam Smith. This is like watching J.C. Horn again. Physical, um, you know, good ball skills. Had an interception against Ole Miss, I think. I want to say it was the old Miss game. He had an interception. I can't remember. I watched it two days ago at this point, but I can't really remember. Um, you know, but again, breaks up, you know, uh, up the pass, you know, pretty much every time it's thrown on him. And then if you get in his airspace, you are getting tackled. You know me, Devin. I love me some tackling corners. That's why I like Martin Emerson. I think that this is, if you had, this is basically a carbon copy of JC Horn again, physical ball skills. Uh, and he's, get a chirp and i love i love corners that are not afraid to chirp uh our guy uh ian Cummings pro football network has him ranked ahead of eli ricks of alabama i haven't watched eli ricks yet but i wouldn't be surprised if if uh cam smith goes into the season as like a top two or three corner for me there you have it i always feel like um you know, with with that in, in particular, you know, there's always uh, one or two SEC corners that 
I don't want to say rise out of nowhere, but, uh, you know, I think they kind of rise up in, in kind of the draft, the draft community, um, you know, just every summer, it seems like every, every summer there's an SEC corner that people are enthralled with. Last year was a bit, bit, a bit of a cheat because Derek Stingley Jr. is just crazy, uh, crazy <laughs> athlete. But, you know, the year before, obviously, J.C. Horn and, and obviously other corners in years past as well. Um, so I think it's interesting that, you know, South Carolina might have another guy at corner after, you know, obviously producing, uh, you know, J.C. Horn a couple of years ago. So that should be interesting to monitor over the course of the season, see what Eli Ricks does, you know, for LSU player now at Alabama, a lot of people are expecting big things from the season. So we'll see uh, kind of what happens. Uh, any, anybody else uh, in particular, I know you wrote, um, or now it's a couple of weeks ago, but you wrote, uh, you know, kind of players to, to have bounce back seasons this year. You know, obviously included Brandon Joseph. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch him and, uh, on that list. So any, any players from that list in particular that you wrote about or, uh, you know, recently wrote about as well? Um, you know, I kind of went over the, the, the guys I scouted. Uh, I, I did like the, the two Ohio state kids and Jerry Patterson last week's, uh, podcast, but like, you know, I, I can't wait to actually see from that article that you mentioned, I can't wait to see what Phil Dracovich looks like with a, with a full healthy year. Can't wait to see what someone like Jaleel Billingsley looks like in a Texas offense that's going to be willing to, to throw the ball a lot more to him than Alabama was uh, at, at Texas. Uh, I've mentioned Zion Johnson on this podcast before. I'm really excited, excited. Uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida's on my, uh, on my watch list for the next week or so. Oshawn Mathis is someone I studied uh, when I was covering the big 12 last year, the edge rusher formerly of TCU is now at Nebraska. Uh, that should be a huge, huge uh get for them i think isaiah foskey of notre dame was an honorable mention as another one uh you know people are talking about him as a potential round one player uh one of my favorite linebackers from last year and one of my favorite names from last year who's back for his senior year hopefully will stay healthy is that a fool and out of uh out of washington only played in five games but set a career high in tackles despite being a, a full-time starter uh the years prior as well ended up finishing i think in six games with like 70 tackles or something absurd like that uh wrapped up double digit tackles in three of those games setting uh, uh a new career best sideline to sideline prototypical size 6'1 235 stack and shed athletic ability fantastic i think with a, a, a healthy core around him of, you know, Zion Tupuola Fatui and Savelle Smalls. Uh, you know, Yula Fashio is going to be a potential riser in this year's class. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I really am hoping for a big bounce back season from him. Last year was not good because teams just picked on him. Uh, you could say the same about his teammate uh, uh, Noah Daniels. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Brandon Joseph, uh, you know, the number two player in terms of per PFF since uh, 2019 at the safety position in terms of passer rating allowed. Cal Hamilton is uh, was number one at 25.9. So they're replacing one elite college safety with another one. But Devin, you and I both have some, some, imp- uh, some fun content coming up on uh, for blue chip this week. Don't we? I obviously I'm going to keep going with my, uh, with my scouting reports on the offensive line. Going up this week are, you know, the names that I mentioned, Skaronsky, 
uh, Ryan Hayes, Blake Freeland of BYU, Jackson Kirkland of, of Washington, Grant Gibson of NC State, Osiris Torrance of uh, of Florida, but I'm going to be watching his uh, his uh, Lafayette tape, and Cedric Van Pran of Georgia. Th- that's my goal for this week is to get those, what, seven players up. Uh, but then on Wednesday on Blue Chip Scouting's YouTube channel uh, is going – or I am interviewing uh, a player. I'm not going to spoil who – uh, that'll be up later in the week. And then next uh, Saturday, I'm interviewing another player. Uh, I can spoil this one. Uh, it's a re- it's a return uh, interview. It's Adonis Boone of Louisville, so that should be fun. And I'm also working on an article for Blue Chip Scouting uh, where I do a deep dive into the use of the word generational and how the players since 2014 that have been labeled as such have actually performed at the next level. What have you got coming up? Yeah, that's that's just gonna be. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm doing this while also doing a, a like a nine to six job. <laughs> yeah, a little little crazy, but you know it's summer summer sky. You guys, I gotta stay on top of it. But uh, yeah, I got got an interview coming up this week as well uh, with a a guy that uh, transferred from the FCS to the FBS. I'm not gonna spoil it, but uh, he is a player that's from Greece. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for that, that interview coming up this week um, and just watching players in general uh, get into some of the scouting. Uh, that's that's on the docket and uh, starting to watch some players probably uh, over the next week or two. Besides the interview, I'm going to have some more uh, breakdown videos like I did last draft cycle, but, but doing more of some of scouting and, and looking at it more so in general. So Got some video content coming on the Blue Chip Scouting YouTube page. So uh, we're going to have you covered on on both the writing and, and video side of things and obviously this podcast as well. So Speaking of the podcast, I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, we are a audio podcast, not a video podcast. Going forward, we're actually going to be doing this on YouTube as well. Uh, if, you, if you've noticed, Zoom... Ha- um, if, you, if you've noticed that our podcasts have been a lot shorter as of late, Zoom is now really sticking to that 40-minute uh, time limit. And with Devin and I both going to be watching prospects, both going to have a lot to say, 40 minutes just won't be enough. So we're going to switch up, do something else to make sure that we actually can get a full podcast in, especially if we're only going to be doing once a week. Uh, so we're actually going to be posting them live on YouTube. And I'd be remiss without saying before we hop on out of here that today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at jersey house um you've heard it here before from me from devin we absolutely love these guys they've given us some great jerseys over the last year plus and if you go over go on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the promo code big shots you get 15 percent off your next order and you help give back to devin and i because they put a little bit of money in our pockets and it helps us improve the show uh get new technology i actually just got a new pair of headphones largely in part to some of the the money that you guys have have kicked back to us by using the promo code so keep using the promo code you want your nba jerseys great you want your soccer jerseys ahead of the world cup go right for it you a hockey guy go right ahead get it you a college fan go ahead get a college jersey do anything you know get anything you want um and of course you can follow them on instagram at jersey house uh fam oh. f f yeah, yeah jersey house f a m uh, and you can reach out to them about uh, NFL jerseys. They're not on the website, but they are still available. So 
do us a favor, get yourself a great jersey and help give back to the show. Devin, you got anything to say before we hop on out of here? Nope. Uh, and it's funny enough, as soon as you said that, uh, Zoom was <laughs> like, yep, it, it, you're right. Zoom knew. Devin and I have had to Zoom through this uh, th- th- this uh, this podcast. No Heyo! But uh, that, that's all, all we got today on today's episode of Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. You can follow Mike on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, at Blue Chip Scouting on YouTube. Uh, be sure to check out more of the scouting reports on bluechipscouting.com. Uh, we have a lot of great content uh, that's been posted so far this summer by Mike, Nick, EJ, uh, Andrew, um, Rob Paul as well. He's, he's done some, some great work as well. Oh, he had uh, a great one up yesterday or on, yeah. on, on Saturday. On yeah, defensive sure. transfer impact. So you should check that one out. Yeah, we also wrote about some offensive uh, transfer impact as well uh, last week. So be sure to check those out on bluechipscouting.com. But for now, uh, sign off on the, the Big Shots NFL Draft podcast on Dev Jackson and Mike Renition. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>